If you would please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. I'll be reading from Ephesians chapter 2. God's Word says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our, trans- in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, make it clear to us. Make it plain to us. Let it inform our celebration. And I pray that you would open our hearts. Open our hearts so that we may have this type of faith in the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. We pray in his name. Amen. You may be seated. This passage basically lays out why Easter means so much to us as Christians. It teaches that our natural condition is that of dead men and women. We are spiritually dead. We are spiritually dead and unresponsive to God. And we are physically dying. The death rate, last time I checked, was 100%. That is our destiny. Because we lived in a sin-wrecked, messed-up world. Naturally, it says we are children of wrath. And that's where we are. That's where we stand. Except for verse 4. Those wonderful words, but God. But God, being rich in mercy. It's a nice thing To forgive your friend or to pay your friend's debt or to save your friend if they slip and fall into the pool. That's a nice thing. It's a merciful thing to forgive, to pay the debt for, and to save your enemy. And we are God's enemies. God has, has created us for His glory to worship Him above all else. And we've worshiped everything but God. God has created us to live for the benefit of each other, to love others as ourselves. And we have lived for the benefit of ourselves. We've rebelled against God. And so we're His enemies. But God, being rich in mercy, because of His great love of which He loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places. The resurrection is so meaningful to us because as God raised Christ, He raised with Him everyone who's clinging to Christ with all their might for salvation, for forgiveness, for life. 
Christ's resurrection is our resurrection. His new life is our hope for new life. I said at the beginning that the resurrection is our reason for rejoicing. It's our, it's our only hope. Paul wrote that if the resurrection didn't happen, everything is, is vain. Everything is worthless that we're doing here. But the resurrection did happen. And God, in His great mercy and His great love, offers us, us life. Now, I've talked a lot this morning in Sunday school and in sunrise service. I just don't want this holiday to be some sentimental, just some sentimental gathering, some warm feelings inside on a nice day. This is everything. This is our only hope. Without this, without the resurrection, we are spiritually dead, physically dying, period. This is everything. Thing. And so I invite you today, this Easter 2010, I invite you to place all your faith in Christ. Because in Christ, all your worst problems are solved. I know that a lot of you have come in here with, with very real problems. A lot of you have come into this sanctuary stressed and exhausted, with daunting challenges ahead, major decisions ahead. Real problems. I'm not taking that away from you that these aren't real problems. But in 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years, will these problems seem so large? I mean, they're real problems. But our real, our most serious problems are solved in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I invite you who are Christians, take this day. And just relax into your faith. That your, your problem of separation from God is solved. Thanks to Jesus. Your spiritual death problem is solved. Thanks to Jesus. I mean, we get to be in communication with God now. We get to pray to God. We get to hear God's voice. We're connected to God who is love. Who is life. He's everything. Don't let... Today's problems bog you down when we should be rejoicing. And I want to invite those of you who may have never placed that kind of faith in Christ. Do it today. <laughs> Place all your faith in Christ. He is alive. He is alive, which means he was who he said he was. Which means that all his promises we can count on. Which means our physical death doesn't need to be the end of us anymore. Because of His resurrection, we can be resurrected. Amen. It's everything. We can have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. All that fruit that grows into the Christian's life now that he's alive. So I thought that it would be unfair to invite you to this kind of faith without trying to help you understand what that means. What is that kind of faith? I think the best way for me to understand it is it is hammock faith. Raise your hand if you own a hammock. You know, you string between two trees and you lay in it. Okay, a couple of people. Many of you have probably sat down in a hammock before. When you sit down in a hammock, it requires faith. More faith than a chair. 
Because as you sit, it doesn't seem to be catching your weight, does it? And you keep lowering down, and you see, you know, your siblings flip over because they're doofuses, and you don't want to do that. So as you ease yourself down, there comes a point where you have to just take your feet off the ground and trust that that hammock is going to hold you, hold all of you. This is the kind of faith that brings new life. And some of you have been easing down into this, this hammock of Christianity for a long time. And you're kind of in there, you know, you're associated with the church or you go to church. Or you've got some of the morality, you're sort of in there. But your feet are still planted on the ground. And in reality, you're not trusting that. In reality, you're still hanging on. I just don't know. I invite you today just to take your feet off the ground. Sink in. Relax. Relax today into Jesus. As your only hope. I invite you to trust in him today. Maybe for some of you this could be the first Easter you celebrated as a Christian who trusts 100% in Jesus Christ. What a joyful thing. So I'd like to pray for you now as we continue into our musical. And I really, I hope and I pray that each of you experiences this. And that today each of you can, can be free to really celebrate the joy that is ours in Christ and not be bogged down. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us to take our feet off the ground of everything else that we're trusting for security, for joy, for being acceptable in your sight. Help us just to take our feet off the ground of these things and just relax in what Christ did for us on the cross. And what you did for us when you raised him up. And I pray that as we gather around the table with our family and we eat, that in our minds we have a vision of you raising Christ up from the tomb and to him as us being raised from the dead. To live a new, abundant life now. And to look forward to eternal life later. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.